If you're just finding us, a little background. We went through one IUI and five rounds of IVF and are expecting in April of 2019. We've had a few losses and are excited to be this far along in our pregnancy now. I was 40 when we started trying. No fertility issues, but our case was different. Ted had cancer years ago and banked sperm before his surgeries. We had 10 vials of sperm and a lot of hope to build a family. I'm in my 40s. And I'm in my 50s. We're Ted and Catherine, and this is Parents After 40. I was a television executive producer for 20 years, and now I'm a public speaking and media coach. And I've worked in healthcare technology for about 20 years. I built my own company, and I wanted to build a family. But Ted had cancer, and we knew having a baby would be tough. But not this tough, my friend. Come along as we figure out how to be parents after 40. Thank you for listening to episode four of Parents After 40. We think it's important to talk about our journey and share it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Our baby journey started long before we even met, when Ted was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, you know, it was a little bit of a shock. You don't think about cancer when you're four years old, at least I didn't. Um, and I had some some irritation in my bladder. And, and um, you know, one day after the gym, um, I started peeing blood. So that's awful. Um, I suggest anyone go to the doctor if you're peeing blood. I went to the emergency room and, and they, they scoped me and um, said I was fine. And then uh, a couple of days later, I was, uh, they thought I had a bad infection. So then I went back uh, a couple of days later because I still had this pain. But they did a CAT scan and, um, and they found cancer. You know, it was, it was crazy because you don't believe that. You don't believe you're going to have those kind of problems. You don't believe you could get that. Um, because, you know, I thought people that got bladder cancer were, you know, people that worked in coal mines or, or serious smokers, uh, people that, uh, you know, that didn't, didn't live the lifestyle that I had. And you were 40. You're 40 years old. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, it was one of those crazy things. Um, you know, looking back, I think I might have had some some irritation before that, you know, and I thought I might have had a, a bladder infection or something, but I, I, I didn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad. So, um, you know, in cancer, you know, it's doesn't, you're not, you don't feel sick, right? It's a tumor in your bladder. And, um, and so it was, a, it was pretty much a shock for me. How many people have bladder cancer? Is it very rare? So about 17,000 people die every year of bladder cancer. Uh, which seems like a big number, um, um, and it's about the eighth leading cause of death for men, as far as cancer goes. So, um, so it's not the biggest thing in the market, right, for for cancers, but um, but it does kill a lot of people. And were they surprised because you were only forty? I mean, was it very rare for forty? Yeah, yeah, they had, had seen it in older people. They didn't really see it in in in, in people my age. So I was really young for this type of cancer. What kind of surgery did you end up needing to have? Or did you have chemo, radiation? What happened? No. So the crazy thing about it is, if anyone knows about cancer, that it's, it was rated as stage 2A cancer, which means uh, it had worked its way into the, into the bladder muscle. And so, um, and so I asked what, what that means, and they said, well, we need to take your bladder out. Ugh. 
And um, as anyone, like you need your bladder. You, you can't live without a bladder. And um, and I was 40, so it was it was it was pretty um, devastating. I got second opinions. I got a third opinion, and they all said, you know, if it if a cancer tumor gets into the muscle wall, it can spread, and you need to get that uh, get it out. And so uh, and so what I did. Um, I went to the University of Chicago, and uh, um, they uh, they suggest a neobladder or a new bladder, right? And that's that's means that they take a piece of small intestine and they actually build a new bladder. And so um, and so it was pretty amazing. Um, and uh, you know they do a nerve sparing where they push the nerves back from the old bladder. They take the bladder out. Uh, they build a new bladder, um, but they also um, take your prostate and your prostate helps, uh, you know, when you, uh, ejaculate. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it, uh, mixes with the sperm and, and, and when you can't do that anymore, you have to bank sperm before banking sperm is a whole nother episode, um, at a different time. But, um, but yeah, they, uh, they took my bladder out and they sewed me back up and, um, and I had a bladder, uh, a neobladder that I had to train and work with, and and um, and uh, at that point I, I I banked sperm, so I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I'd ever have kids, and I didn't know uh, if anyone would think I was just broken, right? And uh, and I wouldn't get married. So there was a lot of unknowns at that time. At that moment, what was your biggest fear? Well, my biggest fear was dying, but then my second biggest fear was just not getting married not having kids and, and trying to get your head around if you think your life is going to go on a different trajectory that you didn't plan on. You know, a lot of us plan on, hey, I'm going to have kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's sort of like what's bred into you or what's great. It's really into the American culture. And then when when someone something happens and it goes off the rails, you have to evaluate really, well, what's really important? What do I really want to do? And am I being going to be accepted by a wife, by women, you know? And so that was really scary. Did you know then, before you were diagnosed, did you know that you wanted to have children someday? Absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to experience everything, right? I want to have kids. I want to, I want, um, you know, in a selfish way, I want to experience it. I want to, I want to see how that, I want to be a father. I, I want to have a good life. And, and that was that was part of it. I thought I'd really be missing out on the possibilities without kids. You banked the sperm before you had the surgery, right? Yes, I banked sperm. They they suggested I go in three or four times, and they can get about ten vials out of that. So they 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 look at the sperm, they look at the mobility, and then they they freeze it um, for later use. And not only are they doing that because they knew they were going to take out the prostate, but just in case they might need to give you chemo or radiation afterwards, like if the surgery wasn't enough? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And all those treatments can damage sperm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. How did your recovery process go? The recovery process was long. Um, it's a real psychological hit to think, wow, I'm going to be different or I could be different. Maybe I won't be able to get an erection. Maybe I won't be able to, you know, do these things, and and uh, and uh, maybe I won't be wanted. And it was it was a scary time, you know. Um, but
but um, but thank God I'm okay. And this was the new normal. Um, and um, you know, my doctors did a great job, and I was I was good, and I was lucky. But there was a lot of at least a year of 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 uh, you know I was majorly down in the dumps, and um, I had to train a new bladder, do my Kegel exercises to make sure I didn't pee myself, like pregnant women have to do, or that just gave birth. And it was it was a rough time, and and um, I just needed to take my time and get through it. And for the audience, how are you today? I'm good. You're cancer-free? Cancer-free for 10 years. Uh, I just had my last MRI last week, and um, you know I haven't gotten those, uh, those results back, but hopefully I'm okay. So I'm a cancer survivor today. And I'm going to ask this because I know because you've told me, and it's, been, it's sad, there were other options. Like you, may, you could have opted to not go aggressive and take the bladder out. You have, could do chemo, just chemo, yes. And have you known people who have passed? Um, yeah, you know, I actually know two people that they wanted to not to go to that extreme and, and go to chemo, first of all, but, um, you know, the cancer spread and, and they died. So I know people that have died. It's you got to cut your losses and move on. If you dwell in it, you know, there's a chance that, that you could die. And, and the doctors said that, so... So you need to act quickly when you get in this kind of situation. Yeah, it sounds extreme to get all that taken out, but you're still here today, 10 years later. Yep. Cancer-free. Great. What have you learned or what did you learn through that? The biggest thing I learned, I think, is that um, is that life will give you endless chances to be happy. And we're all human and we're all animals and we all get sick and everything there's lots of things that happen to us, but um, we need to take those things and say, okay, this happened and I'm going to grieve it and I got to move on and I want to uh, experience everything and, and I can't sit and wait or dwell on this uh, pain or agony or sadness. Look on the bright side. I'm alive. I can do many things and, and uh, I'll see uh, where this goes. This podcast is all about the journey the journey of getting pregnant over 40 and then being a parent over 40. And in my beautiful husband's case, over 50. This is not a podcast where we're going to necessarily give advice. This is what we've gone through as we're going through it and we are not experts, far from it. We're scared, we're nervous sometimes, we're wondering what the future will hold. We've never been parents. Stick with us along the journey and please share us with a friend who you think might find us helpful or just a little entertaining. Follow us on iTunes, Instagram, or Facebook. Mm-hmm.